ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Monday, October 24th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We take your phone calls and texts on your drive home. 877-420-TALK to dial in. Of course, you can text in as well. Don't text and drive. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. We got a win to talk about this week. That's something new. We haven't done that in a while. So we got a victory to talk about. Marshall's first ever Sun Belt win against the Darlings, I guess the Darlings of the Sun Belt, James Madison, which was receiving votes after losing its first matchup the previous week, still receiving votes. Now Marshall has set itself up. If can win out, if the Thundering Herd can win out, Marshall can win the East Division. So Imagine what one win can do. So it feels good to be able to talk about a victory today, and we will do so with you again. The phone line is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And our text line this hour is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We're going to hear from Coach Huff a little bit later on. We got his comments. He was speaking to the media earlier today on the Sun Belt Conference call. So we will talk about that. Also, I've got comments from Coach Signetti. I thought I'd get his comments, and he had a long, long opening statement trying to just explain it all. I'm going to let you hear that. Usually, I wouldn't go that route. It's like four minutes, and usually I, I would try to, to trim that down a little bit. But, no, I want you to hear the whole thing because I was just sitting there thinking, take a breath, Coach. Take a breath. So, a couple of items from... James Madison coach Signetti. And with that said, we got some items to get into, starting with Owen Porter. Conference USA was pretty good to the herd when it came to Player of the Week awards over the years. Marshall had not yet had a Player of the Week in any category in the Sun Belt in football until today. This is Marshall's first ever Sun Belt. Defensive Player of the Week honoree and Owen Porter did work. Nine high tackles, team high, nine tackles. Have five solo. Added, uh, I think, what, four and a half tackles for loss. He had three and a half sacks and a lot of quarterback hurries. He had a lot of work happening for him. He was making it happen. The defense was spectacular. More so than the previous week. I think the defense was spectacular and got the win. Offense did just enough to, to get the victory, but the defense set up the offense well, did its job, was outstanding. Shut them out in the second half, no points scored. After the first, JMU did not score again. And in that second half, it opened up for the Herd. So, Owen Porter, Football Defensive Player of the Week in the Sun Belt. So, congratulations to him. Text line starting to heat up. Let's go there right now at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter writes in and said, With the conference championship still in our grasp, we should pack the Joan. No excuses, fans. No excuses. Marshall's still got a lot to play for. Let's go ahead and say it now. 
Coastal Carolina is receiving votes in the top 25. Coastal Carolina is going to be a tough Sun Belt opponent. Coastal Carolina could ultimately end, win the East Division. This is a good opponent coming in. Now, I've heard from some, not naming names, but I've heard from some, don't like the 7 o'clock kick. Don't like it. 7 o'clock, no, don't like it. Gonna be gonna be home late. Should have been an after it's homecoming. Should have been an afternoon game. Don't like this seven o'clock kick. I've heard that from a few. So is that an excuse? Is that are we pre-setting up an excuse here? Oh, the, it, it's just too too late to go to the game on on Saturday. Are we using that as an excuse? I hope not. I hope not because homecoming. Always if you can always go to homecoming. That's the point of homecoming. If you if you can't go to but one game, you try to go to homecoming, right? Go to homecoming. It should be fun this week. Marshall's got a good opponent coming in, and Marshall has an opportunity to take the East Division into its own hands. So, yeah, I'm with the texter. Hey, if you can go, if you can go, you should go, if you can go. That includes the students, because I know the students left. Halftime, students left at James Madison. What gives? Players notice that kind of thing. Players do notice. The coaches, not so much. Coaches don't, some coaches don't get into that. Players, they look up and they see. They see, and they'll, they'll pay attention a little bit more. So hopefully we have a great crowd on Saturday. And students show up. For homecoming, they're loud, they're supportive, and hopefully they come back the second half. And I know the pass out is a point of contention. I was uh, I was having fun on our pregame on Saturday with Woody Woodrum. Uh, you know, sometimes I I love fussing with him. Sometimes just so we can just fuss at each other. And he thinks the pass out should be done away with. Just don't do it. You're either in or you're out. I'm almost in agreement with him. Because people leave at halftime. If they're going to leave, yeah, they shouldn't be able to come back like in the fourth quarter. I, I don't know. Or like you leave at halftime and then you come back, you know, try to get in for the thir- uh, second half. I don't know how you feel on that. I, I'm kind of curious. I want to take, take the temperature of the room. Another texter just wrote in and said, the fans that don't like a 7 p.m. kickoff, a bunch of prunes. This is a great kickoff time. So if you don't like the 7 o'clock kick, are you a prune? I mean, now there are some people who can't do a 7 o'clock kick. I I mean, sure, it's a Saturday, but, you know, there are some people that can't do a 7 o'clock kick, and I get it. I I understand. There are different degrees of age and ability in in the fan base. I get it. But 7 o'clock, Texture said, hey, it's a great time. I like the 7 o'clock. Text line 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I got a texture that just jumped in on the pass out that says, I would say the pass goes away when the end zone feature is built. And 7 o'clock under the lights is prime time. Great time. Primetime football, 
You're on you're on primetime TV, homecoming at 7 p.m. Speaking of kickoff time, the uh, the game time for Marshall against ODU, that's the November 5th game on the road at ODU, that's been set off for a 2 p.m. kick. So um, ODU not liking the 7 o'clock kick. They want the 2 o'clock kick. So 2 o'clock will be kick time for Marshall and ODU if you're traveling. We'll take more of your text, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I got Coach Huff's comments. We'll hear from James Madison coach Signetti in a little bit as well. He's got a a long statement that I want you to hear. Sometimes we don't get into some of that. Just we're moving on. We're moving ahead to Coastal Carolina. That's where our focus should be. That's where Coach's focus is. But I just wanted to hear his statement why the team lost. I thought you might be interested in as well. So we'll hear about that. And you know what? James Madison, their students, not used to staying, not sticking around. They leave at halftime. We'll, we'll hear his thoughts on that also. So that is where we're at with today's show. And again, the text line is open, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Thanks for being a part of your drive home with me here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our text line this hour is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Welcome back to this Monday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We've got Coach Huff's comments. Marshall's victorious over the weekend against JMU. Now moving on to Coastal Carolina. The line already is Marshall favored by two and a half. It's going to be a tight game. ESPN's matchup predictor has Marshall winning 63.7% 63.7% to Coastal Carolina's 36.3%. Guess what? Um, those are analytics. I don't care. I just want to see ball being played, and I don't think analytics are going to win this one. But Marshall's favored, 63.7%. That's the matchup predictor according to ESPN's analytics. And Marshall opening up. Uh, the spread is uh, minus 2.5, and... A half, and Marshall is uh, the consensus pick, 53% right now. We'll see. We'll check the line, keep an eye on that this week, see if if the betters know something that we don't. Coach Huff spoke to the media earlier today during the Sunbelt Conference call, and as we always do, we like to hear from the coach. His thoughts first before the media starts peppering him with questions. So here's his opening statement leading into this week against Coastal Carolina and looking back at James Madison. Another great challenge. It's homecoming for us here at Marshall this weekend. Um, Looking forward to a great team coming in. Um, Obviously, Coastal Carolina is very... a tough opponent for us, um, obviously, with, with what they do and not necessarily exactly what they do, but who they have doing it for them. I think they've got um, arguably the best quarterback in the country um, playing for him right now. Um, he's an older guy. He's got a lot of leadership. 
defensively, they're, they're stout across the board. A lot of respect for what uh, Coach has done there and is doing this year as well. So looking forward to the challenge. Um, it'll be good to get back home in front of the homecoming crowd um, and battle another top opponent. What stands out, according to Coach Huff, on how this team pulled through? That's what uh, was first asked of him. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I thought, you know, we, we, we did some things that we talked about us being able to respond, you know, um, in these type of games where it's a little bit of a grind. Uh, we haven't always responded the best. Um, doesn't mean that you play great or, you know, or make a great play, don't make a great play. Just the ability to respond. I thought um, our ability to respond, it kind of started with the extra point block, um, you know, moved on to the next play and, and played that play really, really hard. And I think it made a huge difference in the momentum and the mentality of the game for us, not necessarily um, affecting the, the the points on the scoreboard as much. Um, but that those are the things that we kind of talked about all week. We we're going to have to respond. Um, and that doesn't mean always go out and score a touchdown or go out and, and, and you know get a stop. That means just respond, get lined up and play the next play. Um, I talked to him about each play having a life and dependency of its own. Um, and that's something that showed up a little more last game. We got to build on that moving forward. Got to build on that moving forward, he says. Also, he was asked about finally getting back to a normal routine. You had the Wednesday game, so you had a lot of time to prepare for the Wednesday game, and then you had a lot of time off to get ready for JMU. So you didn't play much football. Now you're back to a normal, regular schedule. And Coach Hoff shared his thoughts when he was asked about just getting back to that normal routine. It really, you know, if it knock on wood, uh, you know, we've been lucky enough to stay pretty healthy. Um, so I think if we were in a different scenario, you know, missing some guys, um, it may make a difference. But for us, it's kind of, you know, you, you take it as it comes. Um, I didn't really look at it as a 21-day kind of break. I really looked at it as getting ready for the next opponent. Uh, I think, again, in the more you can do and keep things routine, even when the schedule forces you to kind of, uh, separate a little bit. I think it helps guys. Um, I'll probably look back on it at the end of the year, and it probably allowed us to do some things, um, create some development and some depth down the road. Um, but kind of in the in the storm, you don't really think of it as a 21-day break. Coach Huff talking about the time in between matchups. Now, the question that gets asked every week now by someone. This week, out-of-town media asking the question, Cam Fancher was your quarterback for the game against JMU. I am just a radio personality that covers sports. I'm not a head coach. I like having one or the other as your quarterback. That's just me. I am not paid to be the head coach. I'm not running practice. I'm not in the film room. I'm not the guy in charge, and I'm not the one with the team. So my opinion doesn't matter. But... That question is going to get asked time and time again about not using Columbia this past game, or is he going to be ready, or what do you think about using two quarterbacks? And Coach was asked about the Columbia Fancher situation again today by the out-of-town media. Thankfully, it wasn't us, the local media, because he would give us the business if he did, uh, if it was one of us. So he talked about that with Cam Fancher uh, being the guy, why he was, and, and talked about the situation. And, and again, highlighted when Fancher is going to get the call to be the quarterback and when Columbia is going to get the call to be the quarterback. And he started out explaining why it was Fancher this week. 
Yeah, no, Henry was unavailable uh, this week, um, just kind of trying to get him back going. But the plan um, for us since two-a-day camp has been to use um, both guys. Um, I think both of them do some things really well. I think both of them have some areas of weakness. Um, and we try to kind of cater to what they do well. Uh, so moving forward this week, the plan will be to use both of those guys um, and try and um, S uh, or bring light to their strengths and, and kind of try to minimize the things that they don't do well. Um, but both of them have some things that give us some, you know, some movement and rhythm on offense. So we'll use both of those moving forward. Coach Huff talking about the two quarterback situation. It's not going anywhere. Not this season anyway. Now, if one separates themselves from the other, that might happen. That might happen. We might eventually get to one quarterback. But as it is right now, that's not going to change. So you might see Columbia start. You might see Fancher start. You might see Fancher start and Columbia come in. And you might see Columbia start and Fancher come in. You might see a combination. Who knows? You're definitely not going to see just one quarterback if, if that rings true on Saturday. And finally, Coach was asked about maybe, just looking back now, what are some of the reasons for the inconsistencies? And the one thing the coach could highlight that was a positive and that was consistent, I think we all can agree, it's just how well the defense has played as maybe not so much of an inconsistency. They've been consistent. Yeah, I think when you look at our defense, uh, for most part, they've played pretty consistent. Um, you know, there's a handful of plays um, in each game that, you know, you like to have back. Um, offensively, I think, you know, we've we've done some really good things um, in, in inconsistent moments. We've been able to consistently run the ball. Uh, what we're missing right now um, is the explosiveness. Obviously, we, we have a player um, who's not available right now and that created some very explosive plays for us last year, which allowed us to create some different or present some different challenges to defenses. Defenses had to play us a little different. Um, and we just don't have that type of player. We've got good players. We just don't have that type of explosion right now that really allows our offense to flow the way that it's designed to flow. Um, right now, we've got to be able to create more X plays because we don't have the explosive plays. Um, plays last year that were you know blocked for six ended up being 36. Um, this year, those same plays that are blocked for six are becoming eights or sevens. Um, so again, you got to line it up again. So um, we've got to continue to get some more X plays, which are you know chunk plays of 12 or 15, um, to kind of replace some of those 40s and 60s that we got last year. Um, I think a little bit of it um, is we're playing a new quarterback. I think this is the, the reality of it, regardless of if it's Cam or Henry. Um, a new quarterback to a new offensive system is still new. Um, so there's some things learning um, that, that they're both doing. I think they're progressing, but obviously when you have a veteran in place um, like Coastal has, you know, there are some things that you can skip and install um, or things that you can kind of assume or understood or there's different things that have come up in different situations in a game that an experienced quarterback will say, oh, I remember we ran this play and they ran this coverage and, you know, I had to go to this spot with it because on this play, this is the only spot that has an opening to that coverage. Um, some of those things are happening on the fly for us. Um, and then I think the other part of it is uh, we've been put in, you know, some situations where defense are playing a little bit different because of who we are now. 
Um, so you, you game plan all week and, you know, hey, this is the defensive look, this is the structure, this is what they like to play to this formation or this personnel grouping. And then you get in the game and it's a little bit different. Okay, so now you're having to adjust on the sideline, which when you have a new quarterback and some new players, that adjustment becomes like going back to square one. So I don't consider them excuses. That's just where we are. Um, and what we've got to be able to do, we've got to be able to kind of minimize um, the area or the variance in what we're giving our players so that we can kind of focus on what they do well, even if the defense or the circumstances change, if that makes sense. Coach Huff addressing the media Sunbelt conference call earlier today. Coach Huff is now um, eligible for grading. Once again, you may rate the presser. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. This will be the first of two pressers that you have an opportunity to rate. So how do you do on his Monday presser? You can rate the presser again, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We've got texts coming in. We'll get to that. We will hear from the head coach of the losing team. I want to hear from Kurt Signetti. I just want to hear his opening statement, and you know, I just want to highlight the problems that everybody has with students staying after uh, halftime. I just want to highlight that with you, and we'll get more of your text in as well. We continue on with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Monday, October 40, 40, October 24th edition. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter wrote in and said, stop Grayson McCall. Simple as that. Don't forget about Thundering Herd men's basketball Friday night. Go Herd. Yeah, we got basketball. It'll be exhibition, but still, we got basketball to start talking about. And, of course, on the Stop Grayson McCall topic, yeah, that's going to be hard. He is the real deal. He is legitimate as far as Heisman aspirations. He might finish in the top three. He might finish in the top three. I'm not sure if um, he has enough support nationally to, to win it, but I'm looking at him right now. I have a Heisman vote. I'm looking at him. I'm keeping him. He's in my note pile. I have I have some candidates, and I don't care to say this, but Grayson McCall is someone I keep an eye on every week because there is, of course, uh, that Sunbelt connection. So I have a little bit more you know, familiarity with him, and he might be deserving of a vote. We'll see. So Grayson McCall is the real deal. Texter writes in, against the East leading contender where Marshall owns its own fate. Gotta love it. Coach helped himself on his warm seat. Cooled off a tad, eh? Have a great show, Paul. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, no, I didn't get an official number on Marshall beaters this week. If Coach uh, talked about Marshall beaters and his postgame presser on Saturday – I didn't get the postgame presser. 
it was not made available to me. So I apologize. I wish uh, I wish it was made available to me, but I don't think he would have talked about Marshall beaters just yet. Got to go back and look at the film to talk about those herd beaters, Marshall beaters. So um, he, I don't think he said anything in his postgame comments. Again, I didn't get those comments, uh, so they weren't provided to me. So uh, no official number on Marshall beaters this week. All I know is uh, Marshall won. So whatever the number, it was good. Has to be good. Unless coach comes out like, yeah, we have 15 Marshall beaters. We won, but we have 15 Marshall beaters. I don't know if he'll do that tomorrow. We'll find out. That's his presser coming up tomorrow. Speaking of pressers, earlier today, I was sitting in on the Sunbelt Conference call. And I wanted to get the comments of Kurt Signetti, James Madison coach. Marshall defeated JMU. It was... I thought a spectacular effort by the defense. You had both teams using the air quotes here, backup quarterback. So the offenses were not spectacular, but Marshall's defense was better. I don't know if you would have had the first string quarterback in for JMU that Marshall's defense wouldn't have been as potent. I think Marshall's defense would have been as strong. Who knows? We won't know, but Marshall won the game. And so I wanted to hear from the head coach of James Madison, Kurt Signetti, just kind of get his thoughts on what happened as he was explaining to the media. They were asking him questions. And this goes a minute. This goes a minute. When I say a minute, this goes a minute. So go grab some popcorn, get a, get a fresh beverage, get comfortable. He goes a minute or two here talking about the game and just listen to some of the things he outlines in describing what happened in the loss. Yep. Open week coming at a good time. We really need it. Uh, we've gotten seven or eight guys, uh, key guys banged up the last two weeks, but uh, disappointing uh, result against Marshall. Give them a lot of credit for doing what they had to do to win the game. It was a real defensive struggle. 12 first downs to 10, 24 punts, 29, three or four and outs. Uh, third down combined, three for 31. We were 0 for 17. That's a first. And it was really kind of a game of field position. Uh, a quarter and a half, we had unbelievable field position. I think our average drive start was a plus 48. And then the last drive of the second quarter through till the end of the fourth quarter, they had five drives in our territory and the other four were on their minus 40. So they had unbelievable field position. A lot of that, a result of our turnovers. And, you know, we've turned the ball over 10 times in the last two weeks. And eight of those have been from the quarterback position. And, you know, before you win a football game, you got to make sure you don't lose a football game. So that's been very uncharacteristic of us, you know, a team that led the country in turnover margin last season. Uh, and that has really uh, put us behind the eight ball. Um, obviously, uh, it was our fifth straight game. Um, it was Marshall's. Marshall had played one game in the previous 20 days, so they had a chance to get some guys mended up and fresh. And I think you saw that in the second half a little bit, the way they just completely dominated defensively. Really, they dominate defensively the last two and a half quarters. 
but they started to get a little bit going on offense in the second half at times. I give our defense tremendous credit for keeping us in the game till the very next to the last drive with their backs against the wall. Uh, and we had opportunities early. Uh, you know, we go up nine, nothing, kick the extra point. Uh, it was really loud still in the stadium. <laughs> our guys didn't hear the snap count laid off the ball. They blocked the, the kick and run it back for two points. That was a big momentum swing. Now the operation was very slow too. It was 1.58. And, you know, you're always looking for 1.2 there. So it was a slow operation also, but we had guys laid off the ball. Um, and then, you know, another kind of key play in this game, uh, and there's really nothing to do about it, is, you know, we're up 12 to 2, and we're going, and we're on in their territory up in the second quarter, and we're going fast. They got 12 guys on the field. They're going to get a penalty. And uh, they have a guy faking injury go down. It's pretty blatant. Uh, but, you know, it, it's an, kind of an unenforceable uh, situation uh, where you can't really even review it. And uh, so we come up short, punt the ball, and three plays later, they spit that 60-yard touchdown run and, and get more momentum. So you're going from a, you know, potential three-score game at that point to, you know, a two-point game. But, you know, we got to overcome those things. I thought offensively, um, we did make some plays uh, sporadically there, uh, you know, in the first quarter, in the early in the second quarter, but not enough plays and then did nothing the last two and a half quarters. Uh, the quarterback was under duress, uh, didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball, and receivers didn't do a very good job of getting open against man coverage. Now, there were some plays out there that we could have made and, and didn't make, uh, and then the turnovers uh, begin. So, um, you know, that was a, uh, a game unlike any I've experienced really as a head coach, especially on offense. Okay, some things I wrote down. Offense, couldn't get some things done. Defense, dominated. Players hurt. One game, 20 days. You said one game, 20 days. I don't know if that really matters. I don't know if that ultimately is what was the deciding factor. Marshall was better rested? I don't know. But I thought you'd like to hear from the head coach of James Madison, Kurt Signetti. And one other thing that struck me, because, again, we talk about this, and I've had these conversations with you before, is sometimes you're like, where are the students? What are the students doing? Where are the fans? Why aren't you showing up? Well, they had a sellout. It was homecoming. They had a sellout. And then the game was not decided by halftime, there was no way that you could sit there and go, oh, this game is going to go Marshall's way or James Madison's way. And so apparently, if you were a keen observer, you noticed the students didn't stick around for the second half. They took off. Coach addressed that. Apparently, that is a topic of conversation for James Madison football today about the students. The players noticed and the coach addressed it. Yeah, I didn't really notice that. I don't notice those kind of things. I did see some comments afterward about it. Some of our players even made comments. And, you know, the students really make a difference. I can remember we beat uh, North Dakota in the playoffs uh, 
the, the COVID season, a couple of our guys had mentioned about the students being there and how loud they were and how much it really pumped them up. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the 12th man, the crowd's the 12th man. And, uh, we need them from the beginning to end. And, uh, you know, but we got to do enough things to make it exciting for them to stay too. <laughs> you heard that we've got to do enough things to make it exciting for them to stay. That's what the coach said. We've got to do enough things to make it exciting for them to stay. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll take more from your texts coming up. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment. Today's edition of The Drive for Monday, October 24th here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is always open during the show, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. If you are actually driving during The Drive, don't text and drive. Pull over. Stop off somewhere. Get, get yourself a refreshing beverage on the way home if you're driving home, and then you can text in. So we'll keep that open for you until the top of the hour for the show. A couple of items to get into. Of course, uh, I was reminded by a texter earlier, don't forget basketball. No, I'm not going to forget basketball. Basketball's in action. Coming up, it'll be an exhibition game against Charleston. So basketball's coming up. You want to go see what the herd looks like. Friday is a very busy day. High school football across the tri-state. So Friday, October 28th at 7 p.m., the Cam Anderson Center exhibition. And then there's an exhibition on November 2nd against U-Pike. So two exhibition. And then the herd is on the road at Queens in Charlotte, North Carolina, on November 7th. That's the Monday. So you've got a Monday, a Monday, and then a Thursday for basketball. First Saturday game will be on November 19th against Coppin State for the Herd Hoops. So some early weeknight games coming up for the Thundering Herd. So basketball is uh, almost here. Let's hope that Coach D'Antoni can put together a winning campaign for the Thundering Herd this year. I can't wait to get uh, everything just right in the Cam Henderson Center. I can't wait to see what the floor looks like when it gets uh, finally installed and put together and hopefully there are going to be more improvements to the Cam Henderson Center. I can't wait to see what the what the configuration looks like. I'm kind of curious. I'm sure some of you are as well. Soccer was in action. Heard got a very important win on senior day against Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern now 112-1. They're 0-6 in the Sun Belt. So Marshall needed to throttle a team. And Marshall did. 6-1 victory. So senior day, a successful day for the Thundering Herd. Marshall's now 8-2-3. 3-1-3 in the Sun Belt. Important. Got to start picking up some points here. Marshall outshot Georgia Southern 24-4, including 10-1 in shots on goal. I hope Marshall can keep that up. I'd like to see Marshall go and just go on a tear, win the Sun Belt. That'd be great to get the the first 
Sunbelt Championship, Marshall Soccer is probably in the best position to go get that first Sunbelt Championship for Marshall. That would be great if that could happen. And then the Marshall women got a 4-1 win over Texas State. I mean, the Marshall women started to come to life. So they needed a win, trying to qualify for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. I think that would be huge. If Marshall can get in on the women's side into the tournament this year, that would be huge for Michael Swan and his squad trying to put it together. So Texas State, one of the better teams on the west side, and Marshall beat them. Now traveling from Texas to Huntington gives you an advantage, a slight advantage, but still. 4-1 4-1 win over Texas State, so good job from the Thundering Herd. And uh, earlier, if you weren't with us, uh, we pointed out the game time for Marshall versus ODU on Saturday, November 5th. It's going to be 2 p.m. So a 2 p.m. kick for Marshall at ODU uh, Saturday, November 5th. So uh, looking forward to uh, getting to that game. But, of course, we've got Coastal Carolina coming up before anything, and that'll be at Joan C. Edwards Stadium. Homecoming, 7 o'clock kick on national TV on the NFL Network. And, of course, you can listen to that game right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 and on 93.7 The Dog. All right, our phone line again is 304-396-TALK for text and 877-420-8255 for the old-fashioned way of just dialing in. But 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Monday Night Football, well, it's coming up tonight because you know why? It's Monday night. Before we get into that, how about my Bengals? By the way, 35-17. I was a little, little worried in that first half when the Dirty Birds, Atlanta started coming back a little bit, but then the Bengals actually just clamped it down and said, nope, that's it. That's all you get. Defense started to play better. 35. And they could have put more points in, but instead of trying to run the score up, down by the goal line, just took the knee, went home with the 35-17 victory. Joe Burrow, what, shy of 500 yards? It was a fantastic game. I loved every single minute of it, and hopefully that means the Bengals are starting to find the rhythm that we all know that they can. It looked good. I was I was having a great time watching that game yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. I loved every single minute of that. And then I flipped over to watch hockey, and, yeah, you Blue Jacket fans, you got the victory over my Rangers Five to one. Okay. I'll give you that one. Absolutely will give you that one. And um, my guy, Philip Heedle, was playing in that game. He got hurt. He's going to be uh, out for at least a week. So uh, there's your there's your hockey updates you didn't know you needed, but you got now. Bengals will be back in action. We're going to have that for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We'll get the Browns coming up. Yeah, I think that's the next game, isn't it? we get the Browns coming up. Bengals are tied in the uh, AFC North um, win total, 4-3. to three. The conference looks like this, though. Uh, Bengals are 2-2 two and two in conference and 0-2 oh and in division in conference Baltimore's 4-2, and two, and they're 2-0 and oh in division. So the Bengals start needing some wins in division soon. Hopefully get an opportunity to do, do that 
against the Browns. I'd hate to I'd hate to see the Bengals go zero and three in the division to to Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland. It wouldn't sit right with me. So we've got that for you coming up here on ESPN ninety four point one and AM nine thirty Monday Night Football. What do we got tonight on Monday Night Football? Well, tonight it's going to be Chicago and New England. Chicago with a spectacular two and four record, and New England three and three. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm watching that one tonight. I probably will. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm feeling that one, to be honest with you. It's not like it's New England of old, and Chicago's just been terrible. Chicago's not been good for, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going for that one. But um, that's what we got for you tonight. Hey, tune in right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We got Monday Night Football. We got Thursday Night Football. We got Sunday Night Football. We got Bengals Football. We got Herd Football. We got football all season long. So tomorrow on the show, we'll have comments from Coach Chuff as he gets a chance to speak in person to the Marshall media. So we'll hear from him tomorrow, get his thoughts as we get into Coastal Carolina. We're putting Marshall and James Madison to bed. This one's now over. Enjoy it for a few more minutes. Tomorrow when we come back together, it's going to be all Marshall and Coastal Carolina. So put this one to bed. Enjoy it now. 26-12. Marshall gets the victory. Celebrate it. Have a, have a couple of great days knowing that Marshall won. There's a Heisman candidate coming in with Coastal Carolina. If you don't know much about this kid, look him up. Grayson McCall. He is a spectacular quarterback, and he's got Heisman aspirations. It'll be a pretty good one to watch on Saturday. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WTU7BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.